Hi, this is Anne-Marie Fox and you're listening to my podcast On Your Terms, where I talk to people from all walks of life who have made amazing changes in their careers to live life on their own terms. I'll be giving away loads of career advice, including self-branding, interviews, CV tips along the way. If you enjoy listening to these amazing stories, please subscribe for free to my podcast. Hi, and welcome back to my podcast on your terms. And thanks so much for listening. I'm thrilled today to have an amazing guest on. He is a well-known Irish radio and TV presenter. A lot of you will know him from his amazing show, 50 Ways to Kill Your Mammy, or most recently, The Big Build on RTE. I'm delighted to introduce Baz Ashmawi and find out a bit about his decisions that he has made over his career to bring him to where he is today. So thanks very much, Baz, for joining me today. You navigated that name very well. I, oh, thank I, you. I was kind of worried. That's, that's usually a big hurdle for people, but no, you flew through it. Yeah. Plenty of practice. How are you doing? How are things? Good, good. Thanks very much for coming on today. Yes. I really appreciate it. No, not at all. Not Great at all. Great chat, yeah. Well, I just want to maybe start by asking what you're currently up to at the moment. I know you've had a lot of projects over the last while or, you know, where, where's your focus at the moment? So at the moment, uh, I was kind of really busy all the way up to Christmas. I was doing a documentary about fungi and then kind of uh, I was busy with work and then uh, into the new year. Uh, I was doing a little thing for Paddy's Day recently for RTE and I have my own podcast, The Good, The Baz and The Ugly that I do. So I'm launching a new series of that. Um, And I I suppose DIY SOS because of the conditions at the moment, everything was supposed to be April and then May and then start maybe mid-June. So we'll start that again. And then I'm, to be honest with you, I'm always doing loads of things. Um, Yeah. when I started off, I used to think, you know, I'm I'm a TV presenter and that's what I am. And, you know, I just do that. And then you learn after a while that you can be lots of different things. You don't, you know, you're not just one specific thing, you know. So like, say, last year I was doing the stage show. I do the podcast. I do radio as well. I fill in for Ryan on Radio One or, or yeah. um, Ray. And then I do my own projects, my own kind of documentaries. And I make TV kind of like like I watch TV in other ways, sometimes you're in a mood for watching something kind of relaxing yeah. uh, and easy uh, or something funny. And then sometimes you want something a bit more, maybe heavy documentary on problem gambling or Islam or something like yeah. that. And I, that's the kind of way I approach it. I just do stuff that I like. I'm lucky I'm in a position like Brilliant. that. But apart from that, I just want to strangle me kids at the moment. <laughs> They're just fucking killing me. I'm sorry for a person, but I'm sick of them. They're, they're that's, that's from working from home, is it? Ah, listen, like I, I'm lucky. I have a little office, so I, I come down here and I escape. Yeah. And, um, I leave them at home and uh, I work out of here. But but yeah, that's. I think pretty- a lot of people would agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, we, it's tough. we became a granddad then couple of weeks ago as well which I'm still coming to terms with wow oh wow Uh, congrats that's uh, brilliant yeah 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 pretty (laughs) average looking dad pretty hot granddad I think very very exciting yes absolutely brilliant like so where did all what was your background like I mean when you first started thinking about what you wanted to be when you grew up or even throughout school where did your sort of where did you originally want to work or what did you originally want to do? Or did you always want to be sort of in the media? Can you remember? 
Yeah, well, like I, since I was little, I, I just wanted to be on stage or I wanted to act. Oh. That's what I was into. So Great. I remember just um, from like eight or nine, you know, do, I did drama till I was about old, like 15 or 16, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, and that's all I ever wanted to do. Once I heard an audience laugh on stage, I was like, God, I just want. And I was one of those kids. My mother was a nurse, but she used to work like two jobs. Um, and so there was a lot of evenings I'd be, I was that kid lying on his belly in front of the TV. And TV was this Amazing. other world. Yeah. And to me, was all I ever wanted was, you know, to be on TV and, and to. Uh, I always I, it's funny how life turns I always thought it was going to be acting I'd end up doing but, yeah. <laughs> but just life has a way of steering you in different directions um, yeah. and and that's kind of what I wanted to do so when I left school I was very young I left at I was 16 I think when I left school and um, and uh, I, I, I applied to drama and theater studies in Trinity which I didn't think I'd get which I got and I oh, began great. that and then um, soon after that I started and I didn't realize that it was like, can you just turn that down a tiny bit? Yeah, do you mind? Sorry, I'm just with someone else in the office. No um, I'm going to bash her with something in a minute. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So when I when I started, I didn't realize the work commitment. So like drama and theater is like 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day. So I couldn't have a time job. And okay. I couldn't really afford it. Like I was one of those kids. I, I needed to have a job. So yeah. I worked in retail. Um, I left I left college and I, I worked in retail and then went to Australia, got into sales. And before I knew it, I was 21. I'm working in the city in London as a, a recruitment consultant. And this was pre Y2K. So it was a massive industry. I was yeah. dealing with like all the Deutsche Bank and ABN AMRO and I was Big selling money. Them. Yeah, it was big money, and I was yeah. a kid, like, and wow. it was funny because everyone at the time was like, "God, oh, that's amazing!" And they're like, "That's brilliant!" And you're making so much money, aren't you? Aren't you doing well? And I like your suit and all that kind of. And I hated it. I just yeah. hated it, you know. Um, and I, I ended up kind of just making the decision that I couldn't see me doing this for another five years. And what did I really, really want to do it was probably the only mature decision I ever made where I just went, I think I'm going to go back to Ireland and I'm going to pursue what I want to do and see where it That's takes. That's amazing at 21, you know, all this money coming in. And, and and I know you said it's probably the only mature decision, but can you recall, how did you make that decision? To... Well, actually, when I made that decision, I was 25. Okay. So I was nearly 26, I think. And and I was just, like I say, I was just unhappy. I was just faking it, you know. Yeah. There's this big illusion that you think money is going to make you happy, you know. And it mm. takes years to realize that that's bullshit. It's not, it's it's nothing to do with it. And so I, even even talking to my own kids recently, like I've got one kid uh, who's, who's very academic, but he wants to pursue music. Yeah. So there's this kind of turmoil in the house where we're like, oh, well, you know, you could go and do your science and that would be great. And there's kind of a disagreement about it. But my attitude is if you, if you do something you love, like 50% of the time, whatever job you do, you're going to fucking hate it because it's a job. Like don't be under the illusion that like, I love what I do, but 50% of the time it's a pain in the arse. Yeah. If you use, use that kind of mathematics with something you don't like, 
yeah. going home every evening. I think we've all been there at some yeah. stage. I've never it's been torture. There. All I would do is go home and dread the next day. That's yeah. all I would do every day. And ne- like, I'm lucky now I get up and I, I love what I do. Like, oh, I'm, I love to hear that. That That's that's what you want to get to. That's yeah. what you, that's your so, aim. So, but, but that's kind of, that's what I ended up doing. So when I came back to Ireland, I, I was, I had saved a bit of money and I just decided, look, I'm going to get into acting is what I was going to do. And um, I couldn't because I didn't really have a whole lot of acting experience. So I joined a local drama group in Dundrum. I'm from okay. um, Rafa Arnhem. Yeah. And I, I did one play with them and then I got a professional play after that. And I did I did that for about a year. And then someone came to me who saw me in a play and said, listen, would you present a comedy travel show with us? And I was like, well, like I'm on, like I'm earning no money. So look, anything yeah. is great. So I said, yeah, give me that. And after that, like that was it. I was Brilliant. I just went down a, a different path and I ended up becoming a, a TV presenter, I suppose, you know. That's fantastic. So no regrets leaving London. None, none, no. like none. Yeah, like, yeah. Do you wish just... you had made the change earlier or did you feel that you had to spend that amount of time there to really realize you didn't want to spend the rest of your life just sort of doing that? I, I, I'm a big believer in there's no such thing as, as a wasted experience. Like that yeah. time I learned like working in the city in London was a real growth period for me. Um, a lot of TV, say I have a TV idea, I have to walk into an office in front of executives and I have to sell it. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, that so, experience so, so those skills that I learned of how to sell um, is the same thing. It's it's the same skills that I use then are the same skills I use now to to pitch ideas, you know. Brilliant. And so there's no such thing as, as a waste of time. Like even like I, I worked from like 14 to uh, 17, I think, or 18 in retail, in clothes and fashion yeah. and that kind of I was a window designer and all those skills are still stuff that yeah you use. know they're all part of your development you know people just think oh no I just did this and you know that was a waste of time no it's a waste of time absolutely you know, yeah just what direction you're you're sailing your boat you know if you feel like you're setting goals for yourself that that they're where it's where you want to go and um, that gives you a sense of something you know that yeah gives you- exactly direction and like I'd often ask people you know if there was if they would change anything from years ago but you're kind of answering there everything you've done has yeah I like that because if I went back and changed it I don't know what like it's that back to the future thing (laughs) yeah where would you be now it's all sliding doors maybe that wouldn't happen and that would yeah like yeah. you talk about something like 50 ways to kill your mommy that was coming off the back of a time when I'd no work for 18 months like no work. And I was wow. like, oh my God, I how, how did that come about? Where, where did, is this a sort of a goal that you had or, you know, where did the vision come about to do this? It was... don't, don't underestimate being desperate. Like I had, you know, five kids at home. My missus was pregnant. She was, you know, um, and I had been out of work. I'd saved up money, but like, you know, yourself when, when you're in that position, your rainy day money, it's pissing, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's coming down fast. And, and I needed to work and I, but I had a really strong self-belief in, look, this is what I want to do. And, and this is what I'm good at. Yeah. You know, I felt like I, you know, I have a touch with this that I don't have in other things, you know? Um, and I was determined just to get going with it. So I just started going to England, flying myself to London and getting meetings and, and meeting with people and, and, uh, and just just pure desperation and focus. Um, yeah. 
you know, it, that's a lot of it, to be honest. And as you said, the self-belief that you could do it. So that never wavers. You just have to, you know, just yeah. when you say, look, this is all I can do. Because sometimes, especially in my industry, if you're a presenter, a lot of people wait for a job to land on their lap. Yes. And what yeah. happens sometimes, the next job will come. you got to go out and get it. You know, if, if no one's coming up an idea, because even as far as like, I couldn't get a production company to sign me. So I ended up just making my own production company. You know, and and now that production company is what I make all my shows out of. So like, you know, so you're just like, wow, you know, it's it's just being fearless, a a little bit fearless. Yeah. Having putting a little bit of risk into things. Put yourself out there a little bit if you're committed to it, you know. No, I love it. And I love the fact that you said, okay, it was 18 months of not having work. And for other people to hear that, they might look at you and think, oh, wow, he fell on his feet and he did this and he did that. But behind it all, you were flying back and over to the UK and you were meeting with people and and then set up your own production company. So there is a lot of work that goes on that people don't see. Absolutely. Like, Anne-Marie, like, you see, the thing is, sometimes you'll believe that the person closest to you is the one that's going to give you your support, whether that's a husband or a um your mom or, you know, these people that are in your close circle and you think they're the ones that are going to go, go on, Anne-Marie, you can do it. And sometimes they're not the fucking people at yeah. all. They're the yeah. opposite because they've seen you talk about this. They've heard you a million times say you're going to do something and they nearly don't believe in you, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you just kind of have to rely on yourself to maybe you find someone else who's in the industry or maybe, you know, you find someone who's going to be a positive influence and you just go for it you can't expect those people closest to you always to be the ones that are going to be there for you to lean on, you know? Yeah. And sometimes they might want you not to do it because they feel they don't want you to, to like I I, I made a, I'm because I remember someone telling me with 50 ways, like they said, Oh, they don't know what they want till they see it. So I was like, right. If that's the case, I'll go film something and I'll send it to them. And I could have opened it was me taking my mother to a tattoo parlor where she pierced my nipple and and then it was uh, then it was like um us going shooting shotguns in Wicklow and I cut it all together I went into an edit house in Dublin and I was like listen I've got no money but if I get this I'll bring it back to you if I get this made they were like go on okay whatever and I remember showing it to my missus and my missus went you can't send that (laughs) like that's just you can't send that to them they'll think you're fucking mad yeah but I was so sure about the idea that I was like well, okay, I'll take that on board, but I'm still going to do You're it. You're still going to do it. And again, back to the self-belief. I love it. it. You have to. And it's hard. You know, it's, 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 everyone has self-doubt, you know, and even yeah. something like Mammy, which is funny because we won an Emmy for that, you know. Exactly. Like, that's phenomenal. But like something like that, that's one person's decision behind a desk. I know. Maybe they caught them on a bad day where they had a fight with their <laughs> husband or something and, you know, they weren't in the mood for it or they had a fight with their mom and all of a sudden they see this thing about, you know, and they just yeah. connect with it. Just the timing or look or whatever it is, you know, you it hear all the same authors all the time, how many times they bring their books to different people. You just have to be. Yeah. And do to- you find that, I suppose, as you said, a lot of people turned you down. Did that type of rejection, you know, how do you, we'll say if a lot of people are coming up against that amount of rejection, how do you keep going sometimes? Again, there's the self-belief there, but what else drives you? You have to be very realistic. Like this okay. is the difference. Like you have to be very realistic 
and like if I ask 10 different people what they think is something, they'll give me 10 different answers. Okay. You yeah. get me a lot of yeah. the time. Yeah. So yeah. there has to be a moment where you look in the mirror and you, you ask yourself, look, am I dreaming here or is this a real thing? Uh, am I trying my best to do this or is this, is this just, you know, is this just vapor I'm imagining? Mm. But I always had that belief that I'm really good at this, that, you know, I, I, there's a certain type of TV that I want to make that's funny and makes people feel good. You know, I always believed that that was, I always yeah. believed it. I always believed in it. And I love TV. You know, I, I grew up on it. And I, exactly. Back no to, one's yeah. going to tell me. And as, as I grew older and older, I became more confident and, you know, you, you just need little wins. And that's what it is, is little wins. Sometimes you have to ask yourself realistic questions and you might have to side your goals a little bit just to, because you got to live and you got to work. Yeah. Get money in and you know you got to do these things but don't ever give up on you don't ever and, and you mentioned goals a few times have you like is that something that you would look at do you write your goals down have you been doing it for years do you have a vision of you know what you do and going forward yeah. like like there's loads of different ways to do it I've always been I, I learned a lesson you learn a lot of lessons you know yourself growing up but I had one in particular where I always had a goal of having a radio show, having a TV show and writing for the broadsheets. That was, it's called the, like the presenter holy trinity is, okay. you know, once you have those three things, you're flying. You, that's your, You've your made it. Zone. so once I got them, I was like, oh, well, this is it then. Uh, and I became complacent a little bit. Okay. Where I just yeah. kind of thought, well, this is it now, you know, I just get paid and I come in here and I do the radio and I do this and, and I lost a little bit of drive or something, you know? Um, yeah. And, and that was purely because I didn't set new goals. Like, um, um, like you have to manifest things, you know, like, absolutely. If you have a negative mindset, right. Every time something bad happens, you go oh, there, of course, of course, of course I hit my toe on the bed. Of course (laughs) I did, you know, because because I'm having a bad day. I mean, that's just obvious. And what happens is all the good stuff that happens. You don't even see it. You only see the negative stuff. And the, the same, the reverse happens when you're positive where you go, I'm having a good day, things are going well, and something good happens, you go, see? Yes. Another good thing. And, yeah. and your mindset, I can't say, like, it's immensely powerful. Like, and obviously you can't walk around the whole time all zen and, you know. No, but I totally agree with you. But you, you can, like, once your, your mind starts to linger into a negative space, you can go, okay, I think I'm losing a grip here a little bit. I'm just going to pull back here. Yeah. And re recenter and... You know, vision boards, brilliant. Yeah. I've written do, everything do in you, vision boards. Do you my write? Mom, my mom, yeah. My mom was doing manifestation when I was a kid, before oh, it was like Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, like, like even when, when I was applying to, like, pitching to Sky and stuff, I was telling her I'm pitching with Sky and having meetings, and she was writing it in envelopes and putting it in places in the house and all, like, and, and she showed me after we won the Emmy, she'd written it down on a card that we would win three Has, that's amazing unbelievable like like yeah. and this was after and we actually won two awards and we were nominated for three but we won two we won an emmy and an ifta and something else and and she'd written it down like before we'd even made the show oh wow where where did that come from so I, probably she's obviously you've learned from her unknowingly maybe but she was always like that do you think oh, growing up like that always like that like the the the, the People are underestimated how a positive mentality, once you put that into the universe, how things will just come to you. 
Yeah. And like a hundred. I know that sounds. No, really no, I totally agree. The positive mindset so is something I try to instill in people as well and setting your goals. I love to hear that, that your mom had set them as well. So that's fantastic. And even little things like I used to put things on my on my board, like, you know, a picture of a car I wanted or a watch I wanted. And, and then I'd end up getting a watch. It might be the watch that I had on the board, but I get this nice watch. Yeah. Do you know, and so, yeah. When that stuff mattered, now I'm the opposite. Now I'm a bit less, I'm a bit, little, little less material. But at the time, these were things that just motivated. Yeah, me. and it shows you could do it by setting a goal. But I know? learned a lot of that in in doing sales in London. We used to do that all the time as well. It was visualization was was really was yeah. a really important thing. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just I suppose even for the listeners, when you said you reached the certain goals that you'd reached and then you kind of got complacent, it's so important to set new goals because sometimes the fun and the journey is in reaching those goals. Yeah. And it's also like, this is the, like I've I've spoken about this before with people, but there's a fear of failing all the time. Like it's only with failing at things that you progress yeah, learn from it. You don't learn anything from winning an award. Like that doesn't get like it's the other stuff. It's the going to a pitch meeting and it not working, and you going back and going, why didn't that work there? And and you know, it's it's true failure that you learn. That's yeah. the only but people are terrified. People are terrified of failing so much so that it's actually this big wall and an obstacle that stops them from pursuing doing things they really want. I wanted yeah. to do a stage show for years like a one man kind of stand up show I want to do for years and years and years. And last year was the first year that I did it and I did it and I loved it. Like great. it was great. Like it was brilliant. I mean, so much fun with it. And I was yeah. like, what was I afraid of? Booed, or was I afraid of just putting myself out there or, you know, what was it? But it was, it's your mind. Yeah, mind you can therapy. achieve anything once you put you know, your mind you can to achieve it. achieve anything if you put in the, the appropriate work to go with it. Like, yeah. don't think, oh, yeah, I'd like look, like to do stand up and just get up on a stage and like, no, it doesn't work quite like that. Once you put your work in, once you commit yourself to it, there's no, love it. Yeah. No. And Baz, do you know what makes you happy? Oh, that's a big, you could talk about that for hours. Um, are you, like, like I said, it's it's never what you think it's going to be like your top 10 moments in your life is never going to be the day you bought a bmw or you you know yeah and, and it's so easily it's so easy to think that that's the source of happiness things but but objects are always they're a sugar rush do you get me they're they're a quick hit and that's then, a great like, way of looking at it yeah yeah it's like kind of i want a lamborghini right yeah you want a lamborghini save it for lamborghini you buy a lamborghini then after like 18 months your lamborghini's just the car you go back and forth in yeah and all of a sudden it's not it doesn't have the same unless you're a car nut and you've wanted this your whole life you know you deserve rewards but it's not that the thing that the things that make me happy are being in the job i like um, spending time with my family, um, spending time with my friends, um, seeing places. It's uh, uh, I'm honest, most of it is relationship based. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and then there's there's I, I'm quite a, I've quite a big ego as well. So there's an element of it where um, 
that sense I get when I sit back in an edit, whether the show is a huge success or not, if I sit back in an edit and look at the show and I'm proud of it, I'm proud of the work that I do. Um, I, I enjoyed that as well, you know, um, that gives me, um, there's that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, that kind of yeah. graph and there's all these different parts, but, but feeling healthy and, you know, there's lots of little things that add to your happiness, but, but at the end of the day, you can only make yourself happy. Like I, I my, my missus laughs at me all the time. She goes, oh yeah, looking after yourself, are you? And I went, <laughs> well, I'm not happy. No one's happy. You know, and it's, it's a real selfish thing, but you better get selfish because it's about your happiness. Don't rely nice. on someone else to make you happy. Like if you think your wife's going to make you happy, your husband or your children are going to make you happy, you're wrong. Like you do things to make you happy. And then you and that happiness will lead on to kids it's i love funny, that I in, path i was in the car the other like recently and like, i used to take breathers so we're sitting in the car and i go if i go into this house then it's like a fucking zoo so i'll just <laughs> sit here i'll take a breath and I, i'll just I'll, I'll i'll leave all my baggage from work because when i walk into that house i'm dad yeah and i've got to be, i've got to take on everyone else's stuff right so i need to just offload and i looked across the road and there was another man <laughs> in his car <laughs> it looked like he was doing the exact same thing that I yeah was doing. but but it is that thing of you know to be present you know to walk in that door and my daughter comes up to me and tells me about her day and problems she had and my wife wants to load a bit and and it, you know i feel it's my responsibility as a dad in that house to to lift people up you know and I can't do that if I go in there miserable yeah if you're not happy that's yeah not happy you know so 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 um I I I try and be present you know I Mm. try and be present as I can and that that helps with my happiness you know brilliant brilliant where do you get your inspiration from is there anyone that you even from a young boy or are now that inspires you um you mean professionally or either like yeah professionally or personally so I suppose just for who you are and even in the industry as well yeah well like you see I I grew up watching people like um I worked under someone like Jerry Ryan uh, who I was a little bit in awe of because he could go from talking to a woman about breast cancer to um, a man who's missing his cat to yeah no, just nonsense like uh, and he could do these gear shifts and I just thought it was an amazing ability to be able to it was one of my favorite things about my mom was her ability to talk to everybody the same so my mom wouldn't care if you're the pope or maybe the pope but <laughs> you know she wouldn't yes. care if you were like uh you know a, a ceo of a big company or you sold flowers on more street she does she doesn't really give a shit she's not impressed by money it's not something that phases her you know she just treats everybody the same and yeah. and she can communicate with them all equally you know and, yeah and they they were traits and things that i really liked. like obviously someone like jerry ryan i i aspired i just thought he was an amazing broadcaster um again wogan i grew up on terry wogan um you know he was in the uk he was irish and i i just thought wow that's he's amazing um uh graham norton um and then obviously there's streams of actors that i still you know people like brendan gleason and people like you know i'm inspired by lots of different people in in different genres but there's no one specifically probably my mom is the biggest influence on me if i'm honest with you yeah uh she's uh 
how she manages her positivity and um, how she protects herself from negative negativity as well. They're all skills that I learned from my mom, you know, so I think that's brilliant. Um, and then um, I'm lucky as well because I have a partner who, um, I, you know, I can't I can't do any of the stuff that I do without her doing what she does. You know, like I say, we've five or six kids, we've six kids. <laughs> five, <laughs> five or six. Five or six. Um, <laughs> Give or uh, take. Give or take a kiss. <laughs> rounding it up. Um, yeah. yeah. So we like, and none of the, none of what I do is possible without her helping me. And, and you know, and then I'm able to share stuff with her. I'm very close to my sister. And she's yeah. another person that, that, that I'm able to share with. I have like best friends who are, who are men that I can communicate with and talk to in a vulnerable way and, and That's not great. judged or, you know, um, so so these are people that they're kind of real people in my life who are, yeah do you uh read any books or is there any books that you'd kind of live by or podcasts or anything uh, like that there's a couple of good books there's um victory frankel man's search for meaning is a brilliant book Um, that's basically about a that's basically about um uh, a man who was in a prisoner of war camp in yeah. Asia, um, and it's his story, and it's very much um, a story of resilience. Uh, yeah. and I think, especially in the climate we're in at the moment, where people, you know, can feel very fatigued, or you know, like they can't do it anymore. They, that feeling that you come to in life, you know. Um, I was chatting to a friend of mine about this recently. There's. The one thing you hear this quote all the time, oh, we're all in it together. And I always think that's such bullshit because yeah. we're not all in it together, you know. Um, <clears throat> the only thing we're all in it together is regarding suffering. And sometimes when something's happened to you, whatever it is, you've been in an abusive relationship, you lost your job, you, you know, infertility or you lost a child or, or you know, smaller, but just equally effective things, you lost a parent, someone you love, whatever it is, that yeah. suffering is is non-discriminative do you know what i mean it's everyone suffers part of life life is snakes and ladders all the way so you're going to have to deal with that because it's not the universe picking on you it's yeah. just the way life is you know and sometimes you just need a certain amount of resilience and that's what i mean by the snakes and ladders sometimes yeah. you're on an open you think oh look at me isn't everything great look at my lovely life i have and then just Something totally. Just like that. And you just think, what well, happened? And next thing you're down there and you're wondering how it goes. And next thing, you know, a year or two later, you're up on a ladder again. And like it's and to understand that there is that, you know, ebb and flow. The whole way. Yeah. You know? But but it's this belief that it's just me. This this is happening to I'm just suffering. It's just me. So so reading books on resilience and what the other people have lived through. It's the reason yeah. DIY SOS was such a big hit. Absolutely. For yeah. Because, yeah. You know, we're all feeling sorry for ourselves. And then you see a family with real, real struggles. Exactly. You know, real emotional hardship. And all of a sudden you feel a bit humbled by, by yeah. what you're complaining about. So that's a brilliant book. Um, the Richest Man in Babylon is one I, I gave all my kids, which is um, George S. Clayson, I think it is. But, but that's just basic economics for for anyone okay like really good simple simple how finance works there's a thing with the the work in the middle class where you're just not taught how to make money <clears throat> and make money work for you and um 
it's really basic stuff, you know, um, but but it's just not taught in school. And yeah. if you don't come from a family who understands that it can be difficult. So I, I that's a book that I give um, all the older kids in my family. Brilliant. I think that's an important book. And um, my one of my favorite books as well is The Chimp Paradox. Sorry, yeah. I'm talking about. No, no, I love all the. Yeah. Yeah. I love that book as well. And that's again, that's just about managing yourself, your emotions, knowing how your brain works and knowing how other people can can yeah. uh, can affect you, you know, and uh, being able to take control of yourself and be balanced. So Brilliant. so any self-development. Yeah, they're book, good books. Yeah, I like them. Um, Absolutely. They're all really, really easy reads. Like, you mm, know. Absolutely. For the people listening, then, like, is there any advice you'd like to give them if they're like even just thinking back to that decision you made when you were 25, knowing then that that wasn't your future and that you were going to make a go of what you really wanted to do. And, you know, anyone that doesn't know how to make a change or they're just stuck, what advice do you feel you could give them? I think the main thing is to stop caring what other people think. And that's the same with there's this trend at the moment with financial minimalism, you know, and it's these people who it's back to the Lamborghini. Are you buying the Lamborghini because you're a car nut because you, because yeah. you're obsessed with cars or you buying the Lamborghini because you want people to see you in the Lamborghini and see how well you've done. You have to ask yourself these questions sometimes. Why am I doing this? You know, for what reason am I doing this? Um, uh, so to me, yeah, uh, I don't know. I've lost my train of thought. Yeah, it is hard <laughs> um, to it is hard to like not worry about what people think about. But I think I, as I, you get I think, older. I, I think, yeah, I I think like you'll have to ask yourself at some stage, you know, I'd say you'll get to an age where you just kind of think to yourself, what was I thinking? Why didn't I, you know, why didn't I go for why, it? Why? Why? Because I was afraid. Afraid of what? Yeah. What do you like? You know what? What's the worst thing that can happen? Honestly, yeah. what's the worst thing that can happen? You you give something a go, you put yourself out there. What's yeah, the, what's the worst that's thing brilliant that, that you said it. It was the best piece of advice a friend of mine gave me one time. She said, "What is the worst thing that can happen?" And it totally changed the way I was thinking. And I I say it a lot when I'm trying to make decisions. Yeah, like it's it's just it's just you know it's trying. You're you're, you're you've a right to be happy. You know you've a right yeah. to be happy. And, you know, as much as a lot of the time what you think is going to make you happy isn't what's going to make you happy. Like, do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I found with winning awards and things where I thought, oh, my God, imagine winning that. And wouldn't that be brilliant? And then you're like, that's just yeah. metal. Like, do you know, like what? Yeah. Really? It was nice to win it with your mom, though, as well. Was, I was, like, we had a great time in New York. And yeah. We, you know, she met Michael Douglas and all the rest of it. You know, it was great. Imagine. But, but in the whole scheme of things, it's it doesn't make you happy, you know. Like like yeah. you achieving things, you setting little goals for yourself, whatever it is. Whereas you're sitting at home and you're ten kilos overweight, and you're going, I don't like who I am. I don't like being like this, you know. I, I want to change that. I always think fitness is a, is the greatest barometer for 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 goal setting because you can literally in Measure twelve it. months change how you look like you yeah. can do that in 12 months just with dedication and then you start to you start to engage in a different way and you start to like being healthy and you start to look different and people are complimenting you and you know and all of a sudden you know like 
it's the same for everything, you know, but you've got to put things in place that are going to, you're going to yeah. work hard, you're going to get focused, you're going to talk to the right people, get the information from people who know. Exactly. Yeah. Finances, they tell you straight away, like your mate who's a butcher telling you to invest in fucking Bitcoin, you know, maybe like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe second guess it. He, he can be your best mate and all, but maybe yeah. he's not. Do your research. Person. Do you get me? Like, you talk to, if I want to, buy a nice piece of meat and I talk to a butcher I want to buy diamonds and I talk to a jeweler I want to you know talk to people who know what they're talking about yeah uh, and the same with if, if it's an industry you want to get into com- communicating and, and have conversations with people who are in that industry who can help you there's yeah. a fear of asking people I've, I get it all the time people ask me things and I'm like it's the best thing to do if I don't know something I just go and ask the person yeah and the majority like, of the time people love talking about it but they, people think oh god I'm afraid to ask him anything yeah like, do you know what I mean? Like, what are you afraid of? Just ask yeah. him. What's the worst that can happen? He says no. Yeah, says, exactly. Ask someone else. Like, oh, ask someone else. Like, it's fear. It's it's overcoming fear of yourself. Stop worrying about what other people think. People do, people really don't give that big shit about you. You know exactly. Really so just just get on and do it. You know. Absolutely. Uh, finally, just to wrap it up, I'd love to ask you: Do you feel like you are living life on your own terms now? I think so. I. I, I <laughs> I, I think so. Looking at you, definitely. I think I'm living uh, my life on Tanya's terms. Is <laughs> but um, yeah, like listen, I'm like I say, um, the moment I'm very lucky. Everything, everything is very good for me. I'm very happy. My kids are all healthy and well, and we're you know we're surviving. And um, yeah, like I'm, I'm very happy. But but it takes it takes time. You gotta yeah. make mistakes along the way to get to a place where you feel good and. You feel, you know, but don't get too complacent because there's, there's probably a snake around the corner. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Um, look, thank you so much. I no, really enjoyed it. No, I could probably no. talk to you for hours. No, um, really enjoyed it. And um, I wish you all the best in whatever really venture do. you have next. Absolutely. So, thank you very much. Not at all. Pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast. I hope you take away some positive steps from it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe for free and tell your friends. If there is anyone's story that you would love to hear, please message me and I'll do my best to interview them. Thanks for listening and for living life on your own terms.